Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to Brown's Cast Week 15 Recap Edition. I'm your host, Taylor Jedrzak. I'm joined as always for the recap by Matt Milner. And uh, Matt, have you uh, spent spent a whole lot of time thinking about yesterday or did you just kind of move on right away? Um, I may, I may have still been thinking about that last play where we almost had a heart attack, but luckily it <laughs> turned out to be, <laughs> it turned out to be not what we thought it looked like. <laughs> I think I, I think, I think I lived like three lifetimes during that play. <laughs> It was, it was, um, it was, it was an experience. Um, after that happened, I, I just kind of like, my wife looked at me for a reaction and she was like, why aren't you reacting? That was really cool. (laughs) I was like, I was just staring there in disbelief and kind of laughing to myself. And I realized that the Browns are turning me into the Joker. That was my reaction too when I when it happened. I couldn't believe what happened, and then I was just like, "Holy shit! Did that? Did I? Did that just happen?" Yeah, like at at some point, this team just drives you to a point of borderline insanity, and you just accept it. And you know, in the past, the insanity has been for all the wrong reasons. This year, it's been for for mostly the right ones, um, and. You know, at this point, I think I'm just going to roll over and accept whatever happens the rest of the way. I don't think, like, this team is where they're at. Uh, Obviously, more injuries could hamper that even further. But at this point, what, what could you possibly say other than, okay, well, this team's just going to go out and do whatever they're going to do every week, and we'll see what happens. Like, it doesn't seem like injuries are... I mean, injuries are affecting them, but, like, it doesn't have that outward appearance of, like, you've seen some of the, like, the the Chargers, they lost one guy and the entire team folded. Yeah, like, this, the resolve of this team, like, you could not explain it to a person outside of the fan base, because... To everyone else, it's like, how are they keep doing this? And even we're struggling to figure out. It's like, dude, we don't even know either. Like, we got Gabion Christian being the blindside tackle. We got, like, Anthony DeAnthony Bell being the safety. Like, we, we, we half of these well, guys we didn't even know about all, until, like, the last Why Wyatt weeks. Teller is the only guy left, and he probably barely knows the guys that are around him. It, yeah, it's like the one famous – joke that uh joe thomas uh like likes to do like i think the the joke was like because they had so many quarterback injuries they didn't know who they signed so joe introduced himself like hey hey i'm your blindside tackle nice to meet you because he didn't know who it was and i feel like that's how most of these guys are feeling like trying to navigate through all this because it's like half of the roster right now is like guys you never heard of it it, because everybody's getting injured, but yet it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
it hasn't it hasn't mattered to this point. I mean, they they keep going out there and digging themselves a hole and then digging themselves right back out of the hole. <laughs> it, it, it's become a week in week out thing. Like they yesterday they dug themselves into a seventeen seven hole because the offense couldn't stop turning the ball over. And then I, I was listening to uh, I think it was Cleveland.com's podcast today, and they they were just talking. Everything was going wrong, and then all of a sudden, it just wasn't. Like, Joe Flacco decided to flip a switch and go, what, 11 of 13 for 212 yards and two scores in the fourth quarter? Yeah, like, before that point, he was just, I think all of us thought, oh my God, did he fall back down to earth? Which was very plausible, because, like, he's 38, he's old, like, he you wonder how long he was going to be able to keep it up, but yeah, it just felt like he flipped the switch when it mattered pretty much like in that. Yeah. And it's, it's not like they had any run game to speak of. They, they probably ran for the lowest total yards they have in the Stefanski era. Uh, I think they finished with like 28, which is (laughs) barely anything. (laughs) Yeah. Considering how Stefanski has been able to, get a running game in the aggregate. This has been like phenomenal that they've been able to lean on Flacco to the point where he's throwing 40 times and it hasn't really killed them yet. It, he almost killed them, but at the same time, he yeah. bailed them out in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and all it really took was two throws. I mean, he made one really good throw to uh, Marquise Goodwin, who finally got open on a deep ball. Uh, it's taken all season. Um. Uh, but you know, that was a, that was probably a, one of the easier throws Flacco had to make. And then I, I don't, I've seen so many tweets today of people in, in the Brown sphere that are, that look at that throw to Amari Cooper and you're just like, what the, what the hell was that? <laughs> How like, does that even happen? Yeah. Like he, the ball 22 fits it in, he fits it in between three guys into a triangle, like, and there's no one there to tackle Cooper. All he has to do is stay in bounds. Like just the fact that he had the balls to throw that ball and then <laughs> he practically fit it in a hole like between three guys and all Amari had to do was just tiptoe down the, down the sideline. It was practically like it, it was the play of the game. Like Amari the, didn't even have to stride. Like he caught it in a full sprint. All he had to do was make sure that he didn't fall out of bounds turning. No, pretty much, yeah. Like, it was insane. I mean, it's one of the, like, I heard people talking today, that's probably not only one of the best Browns throws of the year, that's probably one of the best throws of the year. And it came in a situation where you're down seven with, uh, what was it, three minutes to go. It was like, yeah, three and a half left. They needed that drive, and it and they got it all back within a couple plays. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's just incredible with the the offense. Like the offense didn't have a very incredible day. They they threw away a lot of opportunities. The Bears themselves really only scored three points. Uh, they had fourteen points gifted to them, and yet they find a way when they need to. And like you can credit being a you know an experienced guy that has seen has seen things like this before. He's been in this situation, so him throwing three picks isn't going to 
drag him down like maybe a younger quarterback, but you know, he still has to go out there and do it. And both of those plays that he, he made, you know, connected on long passes, he had to move a little bit in the pocket. He wasn't just standing there. Yeah. Like the, the throws he had to make were difficult, especially considering the guy that he is. He's never been a guy that's extended plays. And so that the fact that he was able to make plays out of structure and make some incredible make still be able to have the arm strength at his age to make the throw like incredible just incredible yeah i mean he's it's not like he's lighting the world on fire um in terms of like the overall the analytical analytical medic yeah yeah wow word vomit analytical metrics he's not like lighting it on fire with epa or these major big time throws. I mean, he had a couple big time throws yesterday, but he, I think he had more turnover worthy throws. I think he might've had five or six. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it wasn't a banner day, but he got it done when he needed to. He had, he, he, he got what? Four drives. They scored 20 points. That means they got four drives where they scored points. Yeah. You could say he was like, <laughs> reckless for most of the game but you could say that his recklessness was was rewarded at times with some of the throws he made like yeah you would want him to be a little less reckless but like yeah but if he's not reckless sure you don't get the throw like you get um his first interception where he's just kind of winging it over uh over the middle and there's just right to a safety uh, you can debate whether or not Tillman should have bent that route in. People have said that he should have. Other people have said that he shouldn't have. I tend to think he probably was, he probably was coached to bend it in. Stefanski seemed pretty upset with him after that play. Um, but if you can't live with that play, then you're not going to get the throw to Cooper. Because the throw to Cooper was almost just as stupid. And it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just like... That's probably what has, like, the fact that he's playing with that type of, like, edge is probably why he's been successful. Like, the amount of just, I don't care, is has worked out because he probably knows this might be my last run, so screw it. I'll just do it anyway. So, you yeah, know. Like, I mean, at his age, he doesn't know if he's going to get another chance. I mean, he's probably playing himself into another shot next year with someone, whether it's with the Browns or... I mean, whoever whoever might need a quarterback um, might be the Texans or the the Titans. But you know, he, he I think he's played his way into a decent contract for next season. Uh, he could play himself into a decent contract for this season if he keeps winning games. Uh, that incentive laden laden contract gets better the more he wins. So yeah, it's like. Uh, the f- <laughs> the fact that his contract is basically like like a reward system every time he wins is hilarious like oh 75 75,000 every win and like 1 million if you win a playoff game it's just that that structure is just hilarious but anyways that like yeah hey, i mean it's a good way it's a good way to do it to be honest <laughs> that's true <laughs> um but he, the the things that he's doing they're not always great that the offense stall has all of his three starts. The offense is stalled for a pretty extended period at one point or the other, but 
you know, aside from the missing on the deep pass in L.A., he's done a pretty good job of um, controlling those moments late in games when they need points. Uh, I mean, they, they, they got the points they needed against Jacksonville to keep keep distance. They made the plays they needed against Jacksonville. They made the plays when they absolutely had to against Chicago. And those are huge games. Like, the fact that the Browns have been able to pull – they pulled out that game yesterday when they definitely shouldn't have. Um, I mean, it, that game, the Niners game and the Colts game, like, that's – those games are the difference between 9 and 5 and 6 and 8. Yeah, like, the – those moments, those small moments that they were able to come back, like we, they've added up. They, they just, the, like, these are the same, these are the same moments that we lamented in 2021, I believe. 2021 or no, 2022. Yeah, it was Jacoby's uh, no, year. No, like, no, it wasn't Jacoby's year. It was the Baker year that he played hurt. So 2021, there were so many games where you look back on it. You know, if one thing happens this way or one thing happens this way, they're not, five and seven heading into Christmas. They're seven and five. And if Baker doesn't like forget his brain going to Lambeau field, they win that game. Like there were, there's so many games that that year. And then some in 2022, the chargers game comes to mind. The jets game comes to mind. Like they had two years of both of not getting the bounces and having epic collapses on defense. And like this year, they're not doing that, and some of that's luck, and some of that, you know, what goes around comes around. But to an extent, you create your own luck. Like there, there's nothing that they they've shown this year that is like, yeah, they've missed like the Niners missed a kick, and the Bears dropped a dropped a hail mary that they should have caught, mm-hmm. and that's two games that you lost, you would have lost had you know, the more expected thing happened in that situation. But, you know, that's the NFL. Like, I know that we, uh, over the last couple of years, we've seen the Bengals get all that kind of luck through the season. Like, they'd have guys do uncharacteristic things against the Bengals for no reason. And the Bengals have been good, but I don't know if, you know that that first that Super Bowl playoff run, they beat the Raiders because the Raiders forgot how to score on the offense in the final two minutes, and they beat the Titans who weren't good. <laughs> and yeah, like so, like you get sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just get lucky. And yeah, that's sports. You know, like luck is a part of the game as much as we sometimes get annoyed by it. Like in anything that you play, whether you're a fan or 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 a player luck is involved regardless because like it sports are weird. Like we can't quantify everything about sports. No. And you can like, and, and we talked about this last week, the Browns are, are an unquantifiable entity at this point because you don't know what they're going to be week to week. We could wake up tomorrow and find out there's going to another, be another guy that's going to be out that we had no idea was hurt at the end of the game on Sunday. Like, <laughs> that's how this season is gone. Yeah, we could, yeah, every, like every Tuesday has been a funeral. 
for all we know, Joel Batonio's like back tightening up could be like, oh, he needs spinal surgery. We oh, don't. Yeah, at this point, we don't a, know. He slipped a disc. <laughs> <laughs> like that could be very well what we hear tomorrow, and we're stuck with Michael Dunn playing left guard the rest of the season. Is that ideal? No. No. He had two holding calls yesterday. Like he's not Joel Batonio, and no one is, but. They still got the shit done when they needed to get it done. Yeah, that, that's what, that's what's made this team so baffling to watch. Uh, another thing, and this is something that you know we we've dealt with as Browns fans forever. But I, I think my wife, who's paying attention more this year, because obviously growing up a Panthers fan, she's not watching them this year. They're out of the question. So she's been watching the Browns, and she's like. Why does every game have to come down to wanting to throw up? <laughs> oh, oh, she's new here then. <laughs> she's new here. It's... <laughs> That's what I told her. It's like, this is what it's been forever. <laughs> this, this year, this year they're, at least they're winning those games. And there's been years <laughs> in the past where they've just constantly lost them and you feel like shit. But... <laughs> That it's, is so true, though. <laughs> like, it, it's 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 kind of cool to be on the other side of that for once. Um, who knows if it'll carry into next year? But you might not need that kind of luck next year because hopefully next year you don't get bitten by the injury bug so hard. Um, but it's it's just it's amazing, like. There's no questioning on this team anymore, and Ken Carmen was talking about it today. Like, there's no big picture questions left to ask about this team. No, no. one's getting fired. No one's getting cut. You're you're extending coaches. You're extending GMs. You're extending players at the end of the season. The only thing you have left to do is how far can this? How, just watch how far this team can go. How like could they lose their next three? Sure. Would it be a failure of a season? It would suck, but I don't think it'd be a failure. Like at some point, the yeah, like at some point the wheels are gonna fall off because like, like, look at this team. They're somehow still winning games, but you're wondering how they're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen so many tweets in the last twenty four hours that some that the uh, this the the juju the Steelers had for the last fifteen years has moved to Cleveland because this team won't just go away and die. Like they're, they're down, they're down and out in every game. They're playing with guys you've never heard of and they refuse to just roll over and die. And that's probably just a testament to building a culture and letting a coach figure things out. And like, that's probably a good transition into Kevin where the talk about coach of the year has been starting to intensify a little bit because of that win yesterday. And what well, are your it's thoughts not, on it's that? not intensifying in Cleveland. Uh, I think we all kind of agree that he should be at least in the top two, <laughs> but it's intensifying nationally. He's getting that attention now. Like everyone is looking at this team and be and seeing they're finally seeing them for what they are, which is a team that is held together by, toothpicks glue and the occasional piece of duct tape from 1986 <laughs> like 
this is this is not a football team that should have nine wins. They they this week will be the first time they've started a quarterback four consecutive weeks all season. It's week sixteen. <laughs> like your your franchise quarterback was injured back at the Baltimore game, like Five, that feels like ago. six years ago. <laughs> like, it's a different – yeah, it was like a different season it felt like. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, Nick Chubb got hurt in week two. That feels like it was about a decade ago. Like, like honestly, like that was like that, – that was back in September. It was past my birthday. You know how long ago that was? It was like, oh, my God. I, I, I was but a wee lad. <laughs> Like this, yeah. like th- this season has aged you about three times as fast, just because it's the games have been stressful, the weeks have been stressful, and I know, I know there's some there's some people in our Discord that are like, yeah, it's not been that stressful. I'm just enjoying the wins, and I'm just like, I- I'm trying to analyze week to week, and it's it's been hard to pin down exactly what they're going to be week to week. I think this. I mean, obviously, we need to find out about Joel, but this week into uh, into the Houston, the, the the difference between the Bears team, the team that played the Bears, and the team that played the Texans on Christmas Eve, might not be that big of a difference, and that hasn't happened very many times this year. Like you might not have Joel, but you played most of the game without him, so eh. yeah, you might, like- you might get Juan Thornhill back, you might get Anthony Walker back, but that only makes you better. Yeah, the one thing that yeah, that is the one benefit of <laughs> this week is there was no major injuries outside of just like the random bun- bumps and bruises that usually happen dur- during the regular season, but yeah, like the- yeah, I mean, we could very well be dealing with a game this week without Zedaria Smith. Uh we don't know if I, I don't I don't know if it was announced he was in protocol today. I didn't see anything. So maybe he's not in concussion protocol. Um and we need to find out about Joel's back. And that's about it. Like, we we might get Ethan Posick back. That only makes the line better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the rest of the way, as long as they don't get any any more serious injuries, they should only get better. I mean, Denzel Ward's only going to keep playing more snaps, and they should get more more guys back. But I mean, th- we're going into next week with basically the same squad and we're just going to at this point roll the ball out there and whatever whatever happens happens because this team has become unpredictable in every way except for they're literally not dead until that clock says zero that's right like the 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 roster could be turned over by sunday and yet i still feel, feel like they can win against the texans like they just that's just how it's been like that's just kind of how it was. Even when they were down by ten, I felt they're gonna find a way to get, crawl themselves back into this. That's how I felt. Some people. In the I mean, I, I I was feeling kind of doomy because the offense hadn't done anything. Like they hadn't shown me enough life that they could pull themselves out of it. But you know, the Bears don't pick up that fourth and one because Cam Mitchell makes like an incredible shoestring tackle, and Justin Fields loses just enough balance to fall six inches short of the line. But the first play out of that, out of that turnover, the turnover on downs was the long pass to Goodwin. And then you're in field goal range. You can't. And the bears, and we're going to get into the defense in a second, but the, the, 
Bears didn't do anything with the ensuing drive, punted it right back. Browns went down and tied it. Like, it happened quick. Like, with, within a, literally a three-minute span, like, the game changed like that. It was insane. Like, you couldn't have <laughs> – if if Cam Mitchell doesn't get that shoestring tackle, the game's probably uh, – we're probably talking about a loss because, of it. like, that was the one thing that they needed and they capitalized on it. Yeah, that that um that turnover on downs happened the first play of the fourth quarter. The the Browns went down and kicked a field goal with twelve twenty seven to go in the fourth. Uh, and then they punted the they kicked off, the Bears punted, they punted right back, the Bears punted again, and then they scored they got the ball back with five minutes and eighteen seconds to go. And with 3.08 is when they tied the game. And then the Bears had a chance to go out and kick, go drive and kick a field goal. The Browns, <laughs> it was they had a three-play negative two-yard drive. And the Browns went down and scored after that. So, like, the game changed so quickly. Uh, I think we, they, I, I posted a stat in the Discord that this was the fourth time this year that the Browns have won a game in which they had less than a 15% chance to win at any point. That is incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> and they, they hit, they hit that peak. The bears hit a peak on ESPN's prediction and out uh, right before the third quarter ended, they were at a 91.3% chance to win. So the Browns at their their absolute lowest had an eight point seven percent chance to win the game. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I just don't even know. Like we're running out of ways to describe it. We just we we watch the games and. They they they're doing the same things every week. They're digging themselves a hole and they're digging themselves out of it. I mean that's not sustainable. Eventually you're going to dig yourself a hole that you can't crawl out of. Uh, you kind of did that in Denver and L.A. But all you, at this point, all you have to do is win one more game, and I, I think this is a good place to start it. With, with the defense playing the way they are, there's nothing to say that they can't win their last three. Like. It it's it's insane, but twelve and five is not out of the picture. We need to get to ten. It'd be nice to get to eleven. Depending on who the Texans throw out there at quarterback this week, win in their last five games to end the season wouldn't be too far out of the picture. And I think when we got out of the Denver game. And we were down to playing Joe Flacco. I don't think anyone would have seen that coming. No. And just (laughs) like with this defense, they definitely have every like with how they're set up, like they can definitely compete with anybody like with they can at least give this offense a chance, no matter the shape of it with we, we've seen it all year like they and 
depending on who who's out there, Case Keenum or CJ Stroud, it's like that their wide receiver core is very injured. So like you could definitely make either quarterback's life miserable just because they won't have anybody viable to throw to. Like so I definitely believe that this defense will give the this Browns offense a chance, no matter who the, who's out there on Sunday. Yeah, I mean they they had been putting up decent yard. Uh, like the Bears' offense had been pretty good in the previous uh, few games before the Browns. They had. Uh, I'm trying to look it up real real quick here. Um, they, I mean, they had just come off beating the Lions. They, I think they scored 28 points in that game. They had over 300 yards of offense. Like, they were moving the ball. Um, the Browns defense, who had struggled against the run, held the, the, the Bears' rushing offense under 100 yards, and it's the first time they've been held under 100 yards since Halloween. Yeah, they were they were on fire for a little bit. Like, it looked like things were turning around for them, and, like, they – they stifled them for about 267 total yards. Like they were pretty outside of the two short yardages because of the in, interceptions. They were pretty much like the bears, the bears had 236 yards of offense. Oh, jeez, That's I, nothing. I, that's nothing in the NFL. Yeah, no, that was nothing. That's why they, were, they, they ran 70 plays and gained 236 yards. 3.4 yards of play. <laughs> oh man Jeez. like it's the defense has been almost incredible as the resiliency like the defense has started they started to lose pieces in the last couple of weeks they, I mean Denzel Ward was on a pitch count they don't have Grant Delpit they didn't have either of their starting safeties yesterday um, they didn't have their starting defensive tackles they had one of them they had Dalvin they didn't have uh, Mohurst. They didn't have um, God. I'm forgetting how many people that they didn't have. But they yeah, they didn't have Ogbo. They didn't have like a lot of key rotation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Alex Wright had a hell of a game. Like he has, he's never had that good of a game. He played a hell of a game yesterday. Like it was just like yeah, the sm- the guys that you that haven't stepped up this year, at least in big moments, stepped up yesterday. Like, I'll, like that's what has made this Browns team so great is the the guys that you haven't expected to make big plays have made them when it mattered. Yeah, I mean, Alex Wright got a, a, a strip sack yesterday, and JOK had another six tackle, one sack, one two TFL game. <laughs> like, he's been all over the place. They might have to pay him this offseason, otherwise they might not be able to afford him. Like oh man, well, well, who was the one former Brown that said he's not a linebacker? He, oh, man, because like I remember that was a thing. Because after his second year, he kind of didn't have a great year, and everybody is like, "Well, what are we gonna do with JOK?" And it's like, "Well, you put him in the right spots, he's gonna make plays." And well, la di da, he's freaking made plays when he's put in the right position. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's looking like not only one of the best linebackers the Browns have, he's looking like one of the best linebackers in the league right now. Like, the the stuff that he's been doing lately has been it, – it's people, people out of Cleveland are starting to notice what he's doing, and it's 
it's kind of cool to see. Like we're, we're looking at since the Baltimore game, he has uh, let's see, forty six tackles, two and a half sacks, um, eight run stuffs. And let's see, they don't have TFLs listed on here. But and he also he forced the fumble on Russ. He has an he had an interception yesterday that really wasn't an interception, but we'll, we'll give him the stat, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but he's been playing great. He uh, it's just like the defense almost flows through what he's doing because he's so fast side to side that he's able to fill run gaps that teams are expecting to be there. Um, between him and him and Delpit, now obviously Delpit's gone, but like they're able to fill those gaps. And Newsom has had a really Newsom had one of his best tackling days of his career yesterday. Yeah, he was very effective yesterday in terms of tackling. Like, and he's not the surest tackler, but yeah, he was he was getting nasty down there. Yeah, I mean, on the first possession of the game, he tackled. Uh, I, I think it was Cole Komet on a. A third and seven dump off that only gained four yards. Yeah, and he probably weighs like fifty pounds heavier than him, so it, it was a it was a pretty sound tackle too. Yeah, like uh, we all that was the first thing we all talked about in the Discord after that play. I was like, holy shit, he made that tackle. Would not was not expecting that from him. No, um, but like the defense, there there was they didn't do anything wrong yesterday. <laughs> the only thing that they could have done better would have been if Miles had made that sack on the third down on the goal line. That, because that's that was true. the only that that's like the only bad thing they did. <laughs> and and Miles had a great game. He didn't fill up the stat, stat sheet. He went he extended his sack drought before games, but like anyone who watched that game and came away with the the take that Miles Garrett wasn't doing enough and that he needs to do more needs to reevaluate how they watch football because he ruined the game for the Bears consistently. Yeah, like the way he was destroying their run game, the way he was being disruptive, like he, he was just doing all, a lot of stuff outside of like tackling the quarterback that was just so effective. For what, like what they needed on defense, like, and especially late in the game when you saw that the Bears stopped, like they needed to get more guys in routes, so they stopped chipping. Like he was making those tack their both of their offensive tackles look like they were playing in quicksand when he got off the ball. Yes, he was being held. I mean, that's obvious at this point. Uh, at some point, the league is going to give him at least a call a game because he deserves at least one. Um, something man. Like, like at this point, it's getting kind of ridiculous how much like they let things go. Yeah. But you know, if you go back and watch some of those plays in the fourth quarter, once the Browns started kind of chipping away at the lead, he was playing like a man possessed. Like he, he'd obviously been hurt the last two or three weeks, but he seemed like he was much closer to his normal self in the fourth quarter yesterday. And, you know, it's one, it's nice to see, obviously. Um, two, it makes a huge difference. Uh, Cause 
Justin Fields' clock had to speed up. And there were so many throws late in that game where Justin Fields was kind of missing high or just throwing it away. Like there was a play, I think the first play of that, their last drive, he missed a fairly open guy high. He threw it high um, and the guy dropped it because he had to jump so high for it. And it would have been like a 25 yard gain on the first play. Yeah. Just like, Oh man, the amount of disruptiveness. Sometimes what miles does is underappreciated even here. But you got to appreciate greatness when you see it, even if it's not sacks. Like the amount of stuff he does that teams game plan for, even when he's not getting after the quarterback, like he just does everything, even the small stuff that you might not notice if you don't have a. Yeah, I mean, people are, you see all the time, people are saying that they are um, (laughs) having to game plans, but like, uh, how many times this year have we seen that guys have been talking about? you offensive coordinators are like this week has been hell for me because I don't know how to plan for you. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 what was, I think it, it was during the Jaguars game, the uh, left tackle. Hey, had you're, first you're, start and he was like, Hey, it's my first start. How do you think I'm doing? And it's miles Garrett. He's asking like miles Garrett is so respected. A left tackle by the Jaguars asked him like, Hey, it's my first game. How, how am I doing so far? And it's miles Garrett. Like he's asking him like, a, a like a dad like a son to a dad like how do you think i'm doing so far that's kind of like when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Okay, so we had a bit of a technical difficulty there. It turns out my headphones, I think they might have just disconnected for some reason. So I made a headphone pit stop, and we're back at it. Um, We're talking about Miles, obviously. Uh, (laughs) Why wouldn't we talk about Miles? But I, I think, you know, we're at a point as a fan base where we should just respect what he's doing over look for him to get 17,000 sacks every week. Like he came away from this game on Sunday with what? 12 pressures. Yeah. And like, which is an insane number. Like that, that's an, that that's where I wish pressures were more like universally known because that that's just as important as the sacks like yeah finishing the plays is nice but like causing that much havoc as a player is insane yeah i mean i'm i'm looking at this now i'm going to get the i'm going to get the math correct here um justin fields dropped back 40 times he threw 40 passes uh he was sacked 3 times so he was i don't know if that's 43 dropbacks cuz i think they credited um his runs where he slid in the backfield of sacks. Mm -hmm. But um, if we just go off the attempts, 12 pressures on 40 attempts is 30% of his dropbacks. (laughs) That's just what miles was pressuring him. There was other guys that were creating pressure too. I think JOK had a couple pressures 
obviously some secondary guys had a couple pressures. So I, I, we're probably at a, at a close to 50% pressure rate on Justin Fields on Sunday, which is just insanity. No wonder they weren't able to do a whole lot on offense. Like he was 19 of 40 for 166. Just an astronomical level of pressure the entire day. Like, no wonder. Like, no wonder they only got 230-something yards of total offense. Like, that's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, and some of that was, you know, their one of the the one touchdown the offense scored, they only had to go two yards, and their I think their field goal drive was relatively short. But, I mean, it... Other either, other than that, like they, it's not like they were generating a whole lot. Yeah, their their field goal drive was nine plays, forty seven yards. So they scored on drives of one yard and forty seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the defense keeps playing out of its mind. They're the reason that you know if they're able to stay healthy, they're the reason that you have any confidence that you can go in on Wild Card Weekend and beat a division winner whether it's the Dolphins or the Jaguars or the Chiefs. I mean, none of those are favorable matchups considering what you have going on offense right now. But, but you like, they'll give you a chance. Like, they've been so good that they'll give you a chance. Like, the, the defense has been so good that the offense really only needs to generate 17 to 20 points to be in the game. And – in most cases, it's been enough just because they've been so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they. Let's. I mean, let's look back at the last couple weeks. The the Bears only scored seventeen. They scored seven directly off what the uh, basically fourteen directly off what the offense gave them. The Jaguars scored fourteen basically just directly off what the Jaguar the offense gave them. That's. That, that's 13 points for the Jags. The Rams scored 14 points right at, or yeah, 14 points dead at the end of the game uh, off the interception and the turnover on downs. That was a 22 to 19 game. The Broncos, I think, scored a bunch of points late because of turnovers on downs and a safety. Like, it's not like the defense has been giving up a whole bunch of points on long touchdown drives. And oh, not they consistently. Did. Yeah, like that's they just been dominant out. Like, ensure, like, yeah, they're. I think they mentioned on the broadcast, like how it was a disturbing trend how they were scoring in the end zone or whatever. But really, it's like the only reason that's been the case is because the offense has <laughs> fumbled or turned o- turned over the ball on such short yardage. It's like, yeah, they're gonna score because what else are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like I, I've been keeping a running tally now. Uh, because I I was curious because you know I, Ben Baldwin, uh, computer cowboy who tweets out all those tier graphs every week, seems to have a vendetta against the Browns for whatever reason. He finds a reason to tweet about them whenever he can. Uh, he tweeted a couple weeks ago about how many touchdowns they've given up and that they've given up touchdowns on like twenty seven percent of their drives on on defense. There haven't been as many drives because they the Browns clock control has been really good, but I went back and looked it up. Cause I was, I was curious. 
There have been now nine touchdown drives that the Browns have allowed of 30 yards or less this season. And there's also been, what, four defensive touchdowns? Yeah. Some, I don't. Some I don't think they were counting those four defensive touchdowns. But if you go and look, there's been nine touchdown drives of thirty yards or less, and a tenth one. The Broncos had one for thirty-eight yards, or or the Ravens in in the first game they had one of thirty-eight yards. So nine drives of less than thirty yards. I think a handful of them are under ten, like. The the times that the defense is giving up touchdowns, it's not all. It's not been a lot of long drives. There's been a lot of big plays, and there's been a there's been a handful of big play touchdowns, and there's been a handful of very short yardage touchdowns. They're not giving up consistently seventy five yard drives. No, like the only times that they've given up true touchdowns have been on like long explosive plays, and that's been more few and far between. Like it's certainly been more few and far between lately. Uh, they were they've been they were doing that a lot earlier in the season. Yeah, they, they they at least seem to be clean. They they at least have cleaned that up, which has been nice. But yeah, yeah. that was like the problem for a while. That kind of has uh, alleviated itself. That was basically the entire Colts game. <laughs> um, true. But, that yeah. is true, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. The, the, the team is going to go as far as the defense can take them. And at some point, maybe the offense will stop turning the ball over and then it'll only make it easier for the defense. But look, at this point, I think we should all just sit back and enjoy the ride because right, like teams like this don't come around very often where you're so uber resilient and you've been through so much. And like if this team were anyone but the Browns, you'd be looking at it like, oh my God, what if this team put it together in the playoffs and made a run? Like, is that likely? I don't know. Like at some point you got to have your offensive line. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That is true. You got to have an healthy offensive line. But other than that, like there's no reason to think that this team can't, string together a couple improbable wins in the playoffs and find themselves in the AFC title game. It's not impossible. Stranger things have happened. Like No, stranger like the the Nick Foles Eagles. Like that team was left for dead with 3 weeks to go in the season. Like yeah, and they faced the Case Keenum led Vikings in the NFC title game. <laughs> no, that was was it? Yeah, it was. Because that was right after the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. Um, like, we forget how long ago that was, but that was just as weird as what's happening this year with all the quarterback injuries. Like, it was Blake Bortles, it was Case Keenum, and Nick Foles all in the title game, and then there was Tom Brady. That was pretty much the ti- the, the title games that year. Yeah. And we're kind of he- heading in towards a similar situation with what's been going on with all these and quarterbacks. Then, and the defensive coordinator of that Eagles team was Jim Schwartz. Funny enough. Funny enough. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if this defense can stay healthy, if Miles can stay healthy, if JOK can stay healthy, if Ward can return to health, if Emerson can stay healthy, there's not a team in the AFC that scares me. They've beaten the Eagles. 
the Chiefs offense is a disaster, like 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time is Patrick Mahomes being really good. Um, the Dolphins, that speed scares me, I'll be honest. And, and they struggle with misdirection, but I'm not going to put it past them to shut them down. And if the, if the, if the Dolphins fall to a wild card spot, that game might be in Cleveland. And I don't think that team would be very good in January in Cleveland. I'll be honest. Um, that is like, the, yeah, that is the one thing where like, if somehow this, there was home field advantage for the Browns, the one time they could have that advantage, it, that it would be great because <laughs> yeah, like, some of these teams are not built for the cold. No one in the AFC probably wants to play the Browns just because they feel like that team that has the, the rabbit's foot right now and they have a good defense and they seem to have luck. So you don't want to be on the wrong side of that uh, at home. You definitely don't want to be going to Cleveland. Oh, no, no. They, the defense for the, First the defense has some game and how long the first home playoff game and how long you know how uh, rowdy those fans are going to be like they're going to be rabid <laughs> yeah it would be it would be just it would be an absolutely just unhinged stadium um but you know i don't i don't fear them going to jacksonville we beat them their defense still isn't very good i don't fear them going to casey that defense is good. That game might be first to seventeen. Um, the I don't fear them going to Miami. Uh, that I don't know how much of a home field advantage that would be for Miami. I don't fear them going. Well, like actually, I might fear them going to Buffalo. Buffalo's playing really well. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That the one team that could like. They, they, who's playing their best ball right now is probably Buffalo. There, they, no they, one in the no, no one in the AFC wants to see Buffalo make the playoffs because they are they're playing the best of any team in the AFC right now. You could argue the Ravens too, but I don't think Buffalo. I don't think the Ravens want to see Buffalo. Oh no! Like if yeah, like with the way they're playing, like if they keep this going and they can just sneak in, that's all they need. That's truly all they need. Yeah. But that's still three weeks away. Uh, Browns need to win at least one game to feel pretty safe in their position. Two to feel – I think if they win two games, they're pretty much locked. Um, I don't think there's a way they can fall out if they win – if they get to 11-6. and six. Um, no. But I think, I think it's probably a pretty good place to wrap up our recap, and we're going to quickly go through our picks from the week. Um we do have a new leader for the first time this season. I am the sole leader of the standings with 124 points. Gerbs is just behind me at 123. Matt, you're you're way back there at 119. <laughs> of course, just falling apart when it matters. Uh. <laughs> you're you're not the Browns. Um, <laughs> uh, this we let's see. We're gonna go through uh, in order here. Uh, we we picked one Saturday game: the Broncos at the Lions. Uh, you and I picked the Lions. Gary's picked the Broncos, so we got those points. Um, we all picked the Packers to beat the Bucks, and Baker decided to be good Baker, and they and the Bucks won. Um, in what was supposed to be the game of the week in Buffalo, Dallas forgot to show up. Um, that hurt me and you. We both picked the Cowboys. Gary's picked the Bills. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we all picked the Ravens to beat Jacksonville, um, and we all picked the Browns to beat the Bears. However, we didn't get the uh, cover point uh, because the spread was three. <laughs> so we did not get that one. Um, in the prop bets, uh, Joe Flacco passing yards over under 252 and a half. Um, that was actually closer than it could have been. <laughs> he finished with two. Or no, actually, it wasn't close at all. He had almost that in the fourth quarter. <laughs> My bad. We all picked the over. We all got it. Uh, Browns rushing yards over under 74 and a half. You didn't and I even took... sniff it. Didn't no. even sniff it. No, didn't even. Weren't even in the neighborhood. Uh, you and I took the under. Gerbs took the over and did not get it. Browns leading receiver. Uh, you and I took Cooper. So we both got that point. Uh, Gerbs took Elijah Moore. I believe he was third, or probably was fourth. Um, I don't know if he had more than Goodwin. Um, and Joku almost was the leading receiver. That he finished five yards behind Cooper. Um, Fields total yards over under two eighty seven and a half. We all took the under. We all got it right. I think he didn't even get to two hundred. Um, I think he finished at one ninety six. Uh, Brown sacks over under three and a half. You took the over. Gerbs and I took the under. They finished with three. So close, God! <laughs> if if Miles makes that tackle, not only did they, not, did they only give up ten points, you would have gotten the bet. Um, and then the fun one of the week: Corey Bohork has long punt over under fifty five and a half. His long punt was fifty three. So close, <laughs> just so close. <laughs> so it, that was that was a, that was a fun prop. Um, I. I got all of them right this week. Gerb, or Gerbs hit four of them. You hit four of them. And we're headed into the la- the stretch run. Still really close. <laughs> so. Yeah, I uh, can maybe sneak back, sneak back into this all thing. It, all it takes is one week. I mean, that's all it took for me. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will we will be back later this week to break down the Texans game. Um, on Christmas Eve, uh, we definitely won't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Texans. So it might be a bit of a weird, <laughs> weird breakdown. Um, we'll see where, what they say about, um, Stroud tomorrow. Uh, the longer he's in protocol, the iffier it gets that he plays. Um, if he, if, I mean, if he clears protocol by tomorrow, obvious, but like if, if he's going until Friday and he hasn't cleared, I don't know. Uh, the fact that he never even made a step to practice last week was probably has some Texans people nervous. Uh, but I'll be honest, I, I am not on Texans Twitter, so I don't know if they've said anything today. So, but we'll be back on Wednesday to break that down. And then we only have a, I think we're only going to have one pod between the Texans and the Jets game because Christmas is a thing. So. And- you had to go on vacation, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it happens. Um, so we, we will be back. Um, we will try to gain, regain mental sanity in time for Sunday. Uh, I'll be honest. I won't be watching. I will be drinking around the world at Epcot. So. Yeah, you have fun, though. You have fun, though. Yeah, you know what? It, it might. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I don't know if I'm going to put my phone on silent and then find out how the game goes later in the day or if I'm going to try and keep up with it as I'm walking through the park. 
I'm leaning towards putting it on silent so that I'm not like ruining Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, at least for me, I would at least just have notifications on just for the just for score updates. But yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah, I think like I was I was in Magic Kingdom for the game against the Bengals last year. And I want to say I left my phone on for notifications, but I didn't actually watch the game until late when we were we were sitting there waiting for a parade to start. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch the game if we're just going to sit here. So I think at that point it was already like 25 to 3. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, hopefully the same, the same luck carries into this year where if I am on Disney property, they win. We'll see. But until then, uh, we will continue to monitor how hurt we are (laughs) throughout the week. Um, We'll be back later this week. And go Browns. I'm going to go get a uh, arrhythmia check. (laughs) I'm going to have an EKG on standby for every game now. Go Browns, dude. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.